Lessons learned is what I am going to lead with today. Lessons learned from the election of 2021. I'm going to go over the four lessons learned, and then I will analyze them in depth throughout the uh, 41 minutes that we're on the air. First of all, independent voters in America turned against the Democratic Party, Joe Biden, and the progressive left yesterday. There's no question about that. It was independent voters that elected the Republican in Virginia, that almost elected a Republican in Jersey, which is almost impossible to do. And throughout the country, independent voters were the difference. All right. They rejected President Biden and the progressive left forces that control him. That's what happened. Now, most Democrats, fervent Democrats, did not change. They're fine with how Joe Biden's running the country. They're fine with the wokeism. They are fine with the attempt, the blatant attempt, to overturn this country's economic system and social system. Now, that's troubling to me. I know a lot of Democrats. My family was Democrat. Okay, I've got into that in the past. That troubles me because to me, this is not even a close call. You pull a lever for a Democrat, you're basically pulling the lever to destroy traditional America. And that's the truth. All right, there are two main reasons why the election yesterday went to the Republicans, generally speaking. Number one, folks. Regular folks, not ideologues, not party apparatchniks. Word of the day, apparatchniks, okay? Regular people are sick and tired of being called racist by the progressive left. I am. I bet you are. Okay? I don't do the skin color thing. I don't do it in my personal life, my professional life. I don't do it. Don't you dare call me a racist, or my children, or my friends, or anybody that watches this broadcast. Don't you dare. And that is what the progressive left, the far left, is doing. And Biden is enabling it by saying there is systemic racism in this country. Tired of it. That's insulting. And you want to get a reaction from me? You see me out in public, you do that to me, you'll get a reaction. Not a violent reaction, but you'll get a reaction, okay? So that's number one, that the regular folks, the independent voters, the non-ideologues, sick of this race stuff. Number two, Joe Biden is now inside your home. Did you know that? You knew it, but you didn't know it. The president of the United States is inside your house. Why? Because his actions directly affect your life in that you are paying far more for essential goods and services than you did just one year ago. He is in your house. He is at your heating and cooling thermometer. He is in your garage when you have to drive your car. Okay? This is personal. He screwed it up. It wasn't Pelosi. It wasn't Schumer. They love it. They love it. But it was Biden who did it. 
And people, if they, even if they can't articulate it the way I just did, they know, all right, that their lives, their day-to-day lives are worse now than they were a year ago. And that didn't have anything to do with liking or disliking Donald Trump. It has to do with policy. Okay. Now, again, I'm going to analyze all of those further, but let's get to the nuts and bolts. So uh, Glenn Youngkin, the Republican, won the governorship in the Commonwealth of Virginia, 51-49, over McAuliffe. As everybody knows, Virginia is a solidly blue state, so that was a tremendous upset. And then Biden went to campaign, Harris went to campaign, Obama went to campaign, all for McAuliffe. Didn't work. Independence broke for Youngkin, and that was it. In addition, in the Commonwealth, you have a Republican lieutenant governor, a Republican attorney general, and on and on and on and on in the House of Legislature. It used to be called the House of Burgesses. First one in Virginia. Okay, in their legislative body, Republicans now hold sway. So, again, Virginia is a solid blue state, but it just overwhelmed for the reasons that I mentioned. But here is the big thing that cooked Terry McAuliffe. Go. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually you take books out and make their own decisions. You vetoed it. So, yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Unbelievable. That did it. That was it. Okay. Now, I predicted on October 6th, Mr. Perspicacity, you're looking at him right now, perspicacity, another you know, word of the day. This is what I predicted. Go. Okay. So now, Terry McAuliffe, who's running for governor of Virginia, is going to lose that race because of the clip that you just ran. So McAuliffe is basically telling Virginian parents, hey, knock it off. You don't have a right to say anything to the school as far as education of your children are concerned. You button it. That's what McAuliffe said. Now, that's going to lead to his defeat, in my opinion, my humble opinion. Okay, there you go. Now, Joe Biden had a different opinion than mine. We're going to win. I think we're going to win in Virginia. And you know, you're reporting it being close. The race is very close. Okay. Yeah, the race was close, but Biden had no idea. Now, in Loudoun County, and that's where all the critical race theory overheated, and you had that terrible rape of the young girl by some kid who was wearing a skirt. His boy went into a girl's bathroom. Uh, Awful. Even in Loudoun County, even despite that, McAuliffe won 55-44. So that's why I'm telling you that if the Democrats are and the liberals are never going to change. Never. All right? In Fairfax County, which is basically Washington, D.C., because they all live in Fairfax and then commute into D.C., again, overwhelmingly McAuliffe. So that's the swap. And those people are never going to change. Thank God the rest of Virginia overwhelmed then. Polling. I told you earlier this week when Fox News had a poll that said Youngkin was eight points up that the Fox News polling is baloney and has been for years. Okay? I don't know why and I don't care why 
soon as I see Fox News on a poll, I know it's not true. Why don't they wise up? I have no blanking clue. And again, I don't care. Trafalgar was right on two points. Trafalgar is an excellent polling agency. Just bringing you up to date on everything. I don't want to miss anything. Now, Jersey. Phil Murphy, the incumbent Democrat, will probably squeak this out over Jack Chitarelli. It's not known because in Jersey, in the heavily Democratic counties of Essex and Camden, they can't count the votes. They've never been able to count the votes. Why? I don't know why. But unless Jersey fixes those two counties, you're never going to get them to count the votes. And those two counties will break big for Murphy and Murphy will win re-election, unfortunately. So if you live in Jersey, I mean, this is the guy that looked at you and said, hey, if you don't like high taxes, this is not the state for you. Okay. So millions of people are leaving Jersey. And you re-elect this guy? This is what you want? Now, generally, he, he waged a good campaign. I mean, he was this close. And maybe through some miracle this time tomorrow, he'll be the governor, but I don't think so. But the real crucial aspect of New Jersey is, why can't you count the votes? I know why, but I'm not going to, I can't prove it, so I'm not going to do that. Um, There are three states in the union that are never going to change, all right? California, Illinois, and New York State. And Jersey is probably next to Massachusetts, even though Massachusetts does elect Republican governors from time to time, you know, and and it's just not. No matter what, they're going to go down with the progressive ship. Minneapolis, crazy left. But even in Minneapolis, there was a a measure. Should we disband the police and put in a public safety department or some gobbledygook like that? It lost 57 percent, rejected it. So the cops will stay in Minneapolis. Why anybody would stay in Minneapolis is beyond me. Used to be a beautiful town, a little chilly, but beautiful. Now, there's nothing. I'd rather live in Romania. And I'm not insulting you people who live in Minneapolis. I'm advising you, move to a suburb of Minnesota or even over to St. Paul. Why do you want to be in this insane asylum there? Jeez, but the cops are going to continue. They don't have any cops because they're all quit because of the far-left governance of Minneapolis. Buffalo. So a socialist ran, got the nomination, the Democrat nomination, the primary. India Walton ran. There's India. She's a socialist. Great. She loses to Byron Brown, who ran on a run, on a write-in. On a write-in. Byron Brown's former mayor of Buffalo beats her 59-41, and you had a write-in his name. So the people of Buffalo go, even though the far left loons got this uh, India Walton nominated in the primary, all right, because that's what primaries are, the people of Buffalo said, look, we'd rather have, we'll write in anybody, Mickey Mouse, we don't want her. So she loses. And all across the country, now where I am right now, Nassau County, and I also, as some of you know, have a house in Suffolk County, that's Long Island. Millions and millions of people. I think that's like five, six million people now, maybe more than that. Okay. You know, because New York City is right next to us. Well, in Long Island, a red wave 
because we're not ideological in Nassau and Suffolk County. We don't have what New York City has. We'll vote liberal no matter what. Okay, so Curtis Lewa got waxed because it's seven to one Democrat registration in New York City. But in Nassau and Suffolk, there's not that ideology. And they just whipped all these people. A guy like Todd Kaminsky, he was responsible for this no bail law. So he runs for district attorney in Nassau. He got smoked 60-40. And this shows you, and it was all independents that did this on Long Island. Okay? And I'm going, yes. This is what we have to do. We are so heavily taxed here. That's why the Democrats lost across the board. People can't pay anymore. They're tapped out. Property tax is insane. And this is the progressive left. Take from people who have property and give it to people we like. The victims. Okay, the victims. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings and barbecues. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. All right. I think I've had, uh, let's see, Americans disrespected by the progressive left. We went over that. Tired of being called a racist. President Biden's incompetent. There's no question about that. Again, your liberal friends, ask them one simple question. Give me one thing Biden has improved in the USA and don't tell me he's better than Trump. That's a cliche. It's foolish. It's destructive. Give me one thing, one policy from Joe Biden that has improved the country. They can't, because I've tried it, all right? And I have pretty smart liberal friends. I mean, they're not smart politically, but they're not stupid people. Let's bring in Cheryl Chumley. She's a Republican, I guess, or a conservative. She lives in Virginia. She writes for the Washington Times, and I read her stuff all the time. She is the author of the book, Lockdown, The Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom. You might check that out on Amazon. Lockdown, the socialist plan to take away your freedom. So, Cheryl, uh, you know, you're an uh, eyewitness. You live in Virginia. I've gone over what I think happened, but what say you? Well, uh, I think you hit all the hot points in, in, in your few minutes of discuss, discussion there. I think I would add to in Virginia, there was also a surprising turnout of Latino voters who chose Youngkin, who chose the Republican candidates over the Democrat. And that kind of plays along with what Donald Trump himself did 
when he won the black vote and the Hispanic vote in defiance of what Democrats predicted. And I would also add to that I, I was watching many of the mainstream and left-leaning media outlets as these votes were being tallied last last evening and also this morning as the pundits were making their uh, making their media waves and so forth. And it seems to me that Democrats are not going to learn any lessons here. They are digging down deep and just throwing the race card out left and right and painting these wins in Virginia as simply a, a turnout of white racist voters who can't stand the idea of teaching truthful history in the public right. school systems. You must be and watching is, MSNBC because that was their theme. Yep. I'm going to get to that. But look, I, I agree with you. And that's what I said. If you are a liberal Democrat progressive, you're not changing. You're just not changing. All right. No matter what happens to the country. And that's too bad. Now, what about African-American voters in Virginia? I have not looked at the polling breakdown. Um, did they come out in, in big numbers for McAuliffe? I haven't seen the numbers of the uh, the demographics according to race, but Winsome Sears uh, is a candidate, right? She's the first black lieutenant governor in Virginia, and that's huge. That's historical. And the fact that the mainstream and left-leaning media don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole, that's very significant. You know, she's the one that has the gun, the picture of her holding the gun. So that's I think Win Winsome is, is kind of going against the uh, tide there. Um, Hispanic Americans, you cannot generalize about them, uh, whereas you can with African Americans because their voting block is anywhere from 80 to 100 percent Democrat, depending on where they are. But Hispanics are much more um, uh, they have much more variety in their point of view. Um, and so I'm not surprised that they being very family oriented, again, generally speaking, really resented a gubernatorial candidate saying, hey, you know what? You don't have any say in public school and what these teachers uh, put forth in the classroom. You, you button it. I, I mean, I don't think that played well in a Hispanic community. No, and here's what I really think is going on. The Hispanic community, as you just pointed out, is, is big on family, but they're also big on faith. And if you look at Virginia and you look at what's been going on the last year, year and a half of the coronavirus clampdowns and the Democrats' weaponization of the coronavirus to continue clamping down on American freedoms, you're seeing a backlash uh, from the evangelical, the, the faith-filled community, those in, in, in the church communities who are fed up with how the Democrat Party is running roughshod over religious rights, which are tied to the concept of God-given rights in America. So I think you're going to see that going forward in I'm the next sure 2022 that, elections. I'm not sure that. You cross the Potomac River into Washington, D.C., which I think is 72% African-American. They're not going to object to the mandates in that community there. They're solid Democrat progressives in Washington, D.C. There is a difference between the African-American community in Washington and in rural Virginia, not in Fairfax County, as we said, not in Richmond. But I think you're right in the rural communities is a much different point of view than the African-Americans in the urban communities. Would I be sane there? Does that make sense? 
Oh, there's definitely a difference. I was speaking not just simply of black voters. I was speaking of voters in general in Virginia. And if you look at what's going on around the nation and some of the sources I've spoken to who whose jobs are to go to churches around the nation, to go to organizations around the nation and reignite the Christian base. You're seeing a lot more voters who are faith-based first entering the secular political scene, actually trying to run for public school board positions, uh, right. actually trying that to would run be great. for local seats. That would be great if that happened all over the country. Final question for you is this. Um, McAuliffe, Obama, Biden, Harris, okay? They all were in the last week or so of the campaign, very visible in Virginia. They all played one card, Trump, anti-Trump, all right? Trump's the devil, Trump's the devil, Yunkin is Trump, blah, 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 blah. And then Donald Trump actually had a virtual rally on behalf of Yunkin the day before the vote. It doesn't seem to have worked this time for the progressives as it did for Gavin Newsom in California. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And California, I think, leans a little bit more left than Virginia because Virginia has its big Democrat strongholds, the northern Virginia communities. But by and large, southwestern Virginia, southern Virginia is is pretty much conservative territory or at least moderate territory. And Yunkin is actually a likable guy and he doesn't come across to moderates and those in the Democrat party sick of the socialist takeover. He doesn't come across as threatening as, uh, as another conservative might be. Okay, Cheryl, thanks very much. Uh, Cheryl Chumley, Washington Times. You can pick up her pieces there. Book, Lockdown the Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom, get it on Amazon.com. Really appreciate it, Cheryl. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. It's another morning, and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late. You're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield. 
the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems like pricey transmission and engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson and save 20% today. So a guy who is our go-to guy um, on journalistic um, matters is Bernie Goldberg. You may have heard the name. You may have visited his very fine website, BernardGoldberg.com. And uh, Bernie had a column out recently about how cable news, and I guess network news as well, has divided Americans and made them hate each other, which is essentially true. So I wanted to uh, just get your reaction of what I just reported on the Washington Post. I believe there is censorship, and they're proud of it. It used to be when you and I worked at CBS, if Dan Rather didn't like a story, it got spiked. Okay, just like Marty Barron did to me five years ago. But they weren't proud of it. They kept it quiet. Now the Washington Post, ah, we're not going to print this. What say you? Before we get into this, you you mentioned a poll that said President Biden has a 42 percent approval rating in terms of mental. Yeah. Mental what? Awareness? Acuity. Mentally mentally sharp. Yes. I'm going to break some news. A poll just came out three minutes ago and it asked, if Bernard Goldberg is mentally sharp, and 3% of the people said <laughs> I am, and 97% said, are you kidding? That just came out. You know, uh, I if I were you, I would not have mentioned that poll, but you know, I, you're a better I, man for it. Exactly, exactly. Now, on the Washington Post thing, let, let me play reporter and not commentator. There are two, two ways to look at this, and you, you presented both sides. One way to look at it is to say, we're not going to publish something that we know is factually incorrect. So if Donald Trump wants to come down and with his response that's filled with crazy stuff, the Washington Post arguably could say, we're not going to do that. The other side would be, Donald Trump isn't Joe Blow. He's the former president of the United States. Run what he says and then run the same day or yeah. the, I would say the same day, same day, run right in the same story. However, that is not true. Then Donald Trump makes another statement and you say that is not true. And you tell why factually. And here, let me, let me just jump in to say why that is important, because according to polls, 75 percent of Trump supporters believe the election was rigged. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so exactly. it's it's not just the Washington Post blowing it off and all the liberals say, oh, it's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie. Okay, 75%. Okay, so if you have 74 million people voting for Donald Trump and 75% believe the election was rigged, that's a big story. So you want to get the truth out and persuade some of those people. You don't censor Trump. That's not the way to do it, correct? I would say that if... Joe Blow said something that Martians came down 
and had lunch with me at the Four Seasons Hotel in Manhattan. No, you don't publish that because it's crazy. If Donald Trump says things that factually are not true, he's the former president. You could certainly make a case, publish it, and then refute it in the same article. Okay, so we're simpatico on that. So I used to uh, wake up, uh, Goldberg starts his new column, again available on bernardgoble.com. With, I, he wakes up every morning and he turns on cable news to find out what he missed overnight. I used to do the exact same thing. You know, when I got up, I would listen to uh, the CBS radio um, World News Roundup at 8 a.m. And I still do that. OK. And then I would totter on over to the TV, turn it on and watch Fox and Friends and the other two just click around to see right. what video is out there and what went. I don't do that anymore. I because. never turn on the set anymore for one because. key reason. And then I'll let you have the feel. I don't learn anything at all now. I used to. I used to five, six, seven years ago, but I don't learn anything. I just hear blah, 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 blather. They're either bad mouthing who they hate or making an omelet. You know, I can make my own omelet. Go. I agree. I'm leaving now. You said it perfectly. Okay. Let, let me give you my version of that. Although I agree with every syllable you just said. Uh, I get up and I want to find out what I missed overnight. I, so I, I, I switch around to the different channels, mostly Fox and CNN. I'm under no illusions. I know that they're not honest newscasts. I know that I don't tune into Fox to hear what a great job Joe Biden is doing. And I don't tune into CNN to hear what a lousy job Joe Biden is doing. I, I, that's the bias. That's not what I'm here to talk about right now. I'm saying I've noticed something that I think is different and it goes beyond bias. The culture war in America is not a good thing. It divides Americans. It makes Americans literally not wanna live in the same country with people who hold diametrically opposite views, okay? But Cable has figured out we could make money capitalizing on the culture wars. So every morning, and it's like on an endless loop bill, every morning I see stories on Fox about the mess on the southern border, legitimate story. Turn to CNN, I don't see that story on CNN. I don't see the dramatic footage uh, of people coming up from Guatemala or wherever on CNN. But on CNN, I do hear stories every morning about Donald Trump's role in the January 6th riot, which they routinely call an insurrection. On Fox, I don't get that on Fox. On CNN, I hear that mask mandates are a good thing because they save lives. On Fox, I hear that mask mandates are a bad thing because they're a threat to personal freedoms. On Fox, I hear that Dr. Fauci is a nat national disaster. On CNN, he's a national treasure. There are more stories more hot button social issues like that. But I've come to the conclusion, Bill, that cable news, because they made a cynical conscious decision to make money off of the divisions in America, they didn't create the divisions, I wanna be clear about that, but they capitalized on them. I believe that cable news as an institution is one of the most divisive forces in all of America. 
How about network news? How does that play into this? In the morning, I'm not watching network news because it's too fluffy. You know that once when Brian Gumbel anchored the CBS morning show, he did a segment on how to properly fold sheets. I'm not kidding. How to fold sheets. So I don't need those kinds of stories when I wake up in the morning. Of course, the networks have a, a, a liberal slant to them, but nothing like cable, nothing like Cable is blatant. Cable is in your face. Well, that's because cable, that's cable is all politics. I, yeah, mostly politics. And network news, as you pointed out, is frothy. And, and, and if you look at the anchors in the morning over there, Stephanopoulos is a political guy. He's not a journalist. But, you know, they'll give you maybe eight minutes out of the two hours of that. And then you'll have to sit through uh, Kim Kardashian has a leather jacket on. Um, right. You're right. It's, I can't possibly. Now, the reason that you say the polarization has occurred, not only is there big money in the audience, but that the corporate corrupt media pays their anchors and their analysts to spin it a certain way to reach that yeah. audience. So they're basically mercenaries there. Um, in cable news. They know what they're supposed to say. They're told what they're supposed to say. And I know that to be true. Never happened to me once, by the way. And I was there at Fox more than 20 years. Somebody would dare, and I mean that word literally, dare, come in and tell me what to say. However, now I know, because I know all of them, that they are, the producers come in and say, this is the way we're going to handle this. And they go out and they do because they're being paid millions of dollars. That's it, right? Yes, exactly. Now, I want to emphasize that cable news didn't start the fire. They didn't create the polarization. They didn't create the divisions, the dangerous divisions in America. But they've capitalized on it. And whether there's a written memo or just a word of mouth understanding, you know, if you're on cable news, what the proper slant of the story is. If you have an anchor on CNN uh, let's say on Fox, who suddenly wants to tell you that Joe Biden is a great guy. He's not going to be there. No, though. he's not going to be there. There's no doubt about it. Now, I have CNN saying that Donald Trump is a great guy. He's not going to be there. That's right. So you're absolutely right. And in the New York Times and the Washington Post, the same thing. I always right. said, if you wear a mega hat in Central Park and somebody sees you and you work for the New York Times, you can kiss your career goodbye. And that's can absolutely true. I give you once, there was a poll that just came out recently. 52% of people who voted for Donald Trump want either blue states or red states, they don't care which, to secede from, from the, the union. union. Right, we saw that and dopey poll. percent of Democratic voters who voted for Biden, that's not as big a number, but it's a pretty big number, 42%. They want, want to, the right. How well, yeah, they, all they have to do, uh, the Democrats, is move to California. That's all. You don't have to leave the union. It's moved to California. And then you have your uh, progressive nirvana. Now, I was on a radio today and uh, the uh, the radio host asked me a very interesting question. He said, you know, I noticed when you left Fox News four and a half years ago, all debate stopped, not only at Fox, but on the other networks as well. So anybody watching you and me, if they remember Goldberg, who was a much younger man, then I don't look any different. 
um, you knew that if you watched The Factor, we were going to bring in the smartest left-wing people or right-wing people, depending on what my point of view was on the issue, to debate me. That was the fun of the show. Sometimes it got out of hand. Barney Frank, Geraldo Rivera and Criminal Aliens, whatever it may be. But it was exciting in the sense that you didn't know what was going to happen or which argument was going to emerge strongest. Okay, they don't do that now. It's quiet, right. quiet, quiet. Am I right? Of course you're right. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, why am I watching this? What happened? Why don't they do the debates anymore? Well, first, let me say that's precisely my argument. I, I feel like I'm the guy in Groundhog Day. Every day is the same thing. It's not only tiresome, it's, it's downright boring. Uh, and I think it evolved. I don't think it, it, it happened like from Monday to Tuesday. I think it evolved where they started to realize on both sides, I mean, our audience doesn't want to hear anything that inconveniences them. They want their own biases, their own values spoken right back to them. They want their own biases and values validated by our hosts and our anchors. And I think the front office, you know this better than I, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think the people who, who are in charge of the business end of things are now running the cable news operation and they say we're not we're not journalists we don't care yeah, about fine news. no as long as the ad sales are great but here's the kicker on it the factor get the highest rated by by far in cable news history and no one will ever come close to what we did over a 16-year period so i disagree with you a little bit i think that people with a certain point of view are willing in a debate situation to see who wins, to see who's got the best argument. Because if, it, if they weren't, I wouldn't have dominated for 16 years, last word. The people, the people may be willing to hear both sides in a more nuanced version of the news. You may be right about that. But the people who deliver the news and who get their marching orders from their bosses, they've made a decision. We, we don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, because it's too hard. I'll tell you why. Brief. It's too hard to do that. Because you got to be in shape to do that. You got to think, you got to have a strong argument to do that. Or you get your butt kicked by somebody smarter on the other side. So why bother with that kind of prep and research when I can just go and bring in somebody who agrees with me 100%? That's why. And you're right, you're absolutely right. The bean counters who run it, no journalists in charge anywhere. Okay? They're going, ah, just say what the audience wants to hear and here's your check. Right? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So you disagreed with me. That's exactly right, Bill. That's what I wanted to hear, Bernie. <laughs> no, but it, it happens to be. Listen, I've disagreed with you plenty over the years. I know. Everybody knows. Let me say something very briefly that you're not expecting to hear. The most important thing that was done on cable news during the presidential election in 2020 is you put out a memo or a directive that said, I'm not having any political flack on the show who represents a That's candidate. Right. I never did. Get, that I was never revolutionary. Never did. That was revolutionary. Yep. When I read the memo, when I got word about that, I said, I'm nominating Bill O'Reilly for a Nobel Prize. Yes. That was, yes. That, that was really <laughs> important. 
I appreciate it, Bernie. So check out Bernie's column, um, bernardgoldberg.com, and go in there and uh, have fun with Bernie. And we always appreciate it, Bernie. Thanks very much. Hey, guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. Did you know every day is a perfect day for peace of mind? With American Home Shield Warranty, you are covered for unexpected breakdowns like leaky faucets or faulty water heaters. Choose a plan that fits your budget and rest easy knowing repairs and replacements are taken care of. Simply contact American Home Shield when an issue arises, and their trusted pros will handle it according to your coverage. Don't let worries about appliances and home systems weigh you down. Celebrate the reassurance of protection. Don't worry, be warranty. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash bill. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. COVID stats. Okay, so you'll remember that I predicted COVID would subside somewhat. In the autumn, and it has. So, uh, 14-day tracker, cases down 11%, USA, nationwide. Hospitalizations down 17, deaths down 20. Uh, Right now, 70% of adults in America fully vaccinated. 80% have at least one shot under their arm. Uh, 20 million Americans have received the booster. So, yesterday, I got a flu shot. Okay, very easy. Just walked in, pharmacy, pop, pop. And then I'm getting a booster in two weeks. Got to wait two weeks. So that's my Vax resume. Philadelphia, which is Nutsville. um, I I, I just, you know, Philly didn't used to be this way. So they got a mayor, uh, Jim Kenney, far left kook. He has banned police from traffic stops in Philadelphia. Um, His bill, the Driving Equality Act. That means Kenny believes that blacks are stopped way more often than whites, so no, nobody gets stopped. So, hey, if you want to steal a car in Philadelphia, that might be a good bet. Way to go, Jim. It's just insane. Safeway in San Francisco used to be open 24-7. Now it's not. Um, in San Francisco County and the city, if you steal less than $950 worth of stuff in every instance, they won't prosecute. So what do you think they're doing? What do you think the drug addicts are doing? 
They're going in there. That's give me. So Safeway goes, I'm not saying overnight. And we've already chronicled uh, Walgreens and Target. And so you guys living in San Francisco in your million-dollar townhouses, you're not going to have any place to get anything because of this. Now, the city ruined. Okay, here is the final thought of the day. So Donald Trump's a winner. Um, people now are starting to think back. About a year ago, this country is in much better shape. He was president of the United States. There's no doubt about it. Now, Mr. Trump has to look forward. I don't know whether he will do that. That's why I put together the four Trump O'Reilly history shows. First one, put him up there. He's in Fort Lauderdale at Sunrise, Florida. Then Orlando. These are coming up fast. Houston and Dallas. There are no shows we are going to discuss what he did in his four years in office, how he did it, good guys, bad guys, all of that. Now, I can't control what President Trump says. I have advised him very politely and respectively. If you want another crack at this, being president, you have to look forward. You have to get solutions to inflation, to the border, to global warming, to all of it. Can you look back? It's not going to do it, in my opinion, my humble opinion. So this is going to be a fascinating display. This tour takes on a tremendous amount of importance. Now, the entire Republican Party, as I said, you can't just yuck it up today and go, yes, yes, yes. Can't do that. You've got to formulate a package of solutions to problems. Yes, the independent voters went against the progressive Democrats. No doubt about it. But will they rally again next year at this time for the midterms? Only if the Republican Party puts forth solutions, common sense solutions. They're weak at that. I mean, Mitch McConnell, come on. This is not Mr. Charisma out there. All right, so somehow, and I'm not rooting for one or the other. My job is to watch them both. Okay, but somehow, if the Republican Party wants to crush this progressive left movement, which is the worst, it's dangerous. If the Republicans want to crush it, they can't just say it's horrible. We all know that. You've got to say we have a better way. And that goes for Donald Trump as well. Got to get away from the past. You got to surge into the future with very specific, easy-to-understand solutions. That is my final thought of the day.